the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation. Six minutes after the hour of 6 p.m. as we continue on our live broadcast from the 56th Annual Bass Church Workers Convention. Again, more details on what's taking place tonight and all day tomorrow, the third and final day of the conference, available online at BassConvention.org. That's BassConvention.org. What seminary is building a brand new or has just built a brand spanking new, the paint is barely dry campus here in the San Francisco Bay Area, rooted in the Bay Area to provide educational tools and resources to those called to the ministry right here at home in the Bay Area? With the answer, we're joined by Dr. Rick Durst from Gateway Seminary. And I guess I just, I stole your thunder. I gave away the answer. (laughs) Great to have you with us, Dr. Durst. Good to see you again. Thank you, Craig. I really appreciate it. I've got my colleague here, Joe Kim, uh, also to share in some of our answers. I was thinking, when I think about being in that campus in Fremont on Mission Boulevard, I hope the listeners, if you come down Mission Boulevard and you see the campus Gateway Seminary, put on the brakes and come in. I'd love to give you a tour, but it's all paid for. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, talk about the grace of God. Amen. And, and, and it allowed you to shift the campus that had been up in Marin County for decades. 60 years. To take the resources from there, expand the campus in Southern California, and build a brand spanking new and I was kidding. The paint is dry, <laughs> but but just barely. Uh, brand new facility, beautiful campus there on Mission Boulevard. And and for folks that really say, you know, uh, you can go to a lot of parts of the country and find a great Christian education, but if your heart is here and your burden is here, to be educated here by people who understand the unique challenges of ministry in a region like the Bay Area with our diversity, both economically, socially, uh, at every level of demographics. What a blessing to have a campus like Gateway here so that you can really sort of bloom where where God has planted you. I, I totally agree with you. The faculty that we field in the classes at Gateway Seminary, they don't only have the highest academic credentials, but they've got street credibility because they're doing ministry. They're planting churches. They're growing churches uh, right here uh, in the various diversities that we have. They're from different cultures, so from African-American to Hispanic to Hindu, Filipino, not Hindu, excuse me, Indian, I should say, um, ex-Hindu, I think. Uh, That's accurate. There we go. And... Uh, that's so great because the students can interact with that and be challenged by that. See, what I love about this is that it not only gives people the, the tools to be equipped for ministry right here at home, but you've also sort of cracked the door open to another area that people need to be aware of when it comes to an education at Gateway, and that is the knowledge that you're being prepared 
for ministry literally anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. Because of the diversity of the Bay Area, I mean, literally, yes. the mission field, we open up our front door and want to say, where's the mission field? If I go past the front door here of Redwood Chapel and hang a right and I go down to the corner block here, I'm in the mission field. Yes. Last Saturday, I was teaching a class in theology. Went down on the break, and there's a group who are coming through getting ready to launch a tour. They're going to a mosque. They're going to a Sikh temple. uh, They're going to a Buddhist temple. So they can see what it's like, feel what it's like, taste what it's like, smell what it's like, and share the gospel with those people. Let's meet your special guest who's joining us here today. Uh, Joe Kim has been a friend for a long time. He's a recruitment specialist uh, out of Ontario, came up for the Bass Conference uh, to represent the seminary there. He's in the PhD program. Excellent. And tell us a bit more about what are you studying in, in the Ph.D.? What's your arena of expertise or discipline going to be? Um, my current area of study is in uh, historical theology. And um, I ended up uh, choosing Gateway Seminary out of uh, so many different available options for doctoral study because you get a great education and you also have the, the, the diversity that is um, just excellent. Uh Gateway Seminary offers some excellent educational options, but the mission field is right there. It's at the heart of who we are. Um, So many people come from all across uh, the United States to train with us uh, before going out into the mission field because the culture groups all across the world are available to us in the Bay Area. They're available to us at our main campus in Los Angeles. Uh, They're available to us in each one of our regional campuses. And if you can't physically be there, we've arranged for uh, online master's degrees to be available to our students that are fully accredited. One time, I had a student in my online class, and he says, doctors, I can't get my homework in. I had my laptop with me. He's a chaplain. Yeah, and he was stationed in the Middle East, and he said, a mortar ate my, my laptop. <laughs> and I said, well, I'll take that. Wait a couple of days and, and turn it in later. That, that's a good variation of the dog ate my homework, but, but with a slightly greater degree of gravitas. I, I'm struck by your, your, um, your discipline heading into historical theology, and we've just crossed over the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. And boy, for, for young people coming into full-time ministry and being able to get that sense of that firm historical theological foundation and the perspective of, of insight into God's Word handed down by many of the great church teachers and leaders down through the years is, is I think, another unique distinction about the education at Gateway. Yes. Uh- I want to clarify, he's at the high end of uh, the food chain in, ter- in terms of study of the PhD. Uh, a lot of times people think, if I come to seminary, am I going to have to be a pastor? No. Uh, we have persons who are there who are just regular Christians who are serving in their church. They just want to sharpen their skills. They want to get some theological background. They want to pick up some counseling skills. They want to learn how finance works for ministry and for the church. They come to Gateway Seminary. And if folks who mentioned earlier about a tour come on down, if they want to schedule a tour to come down and visit the new Bay Area campus located in Fremont, what do they need to do? They just need to find the address at 38891 Mission Boulevard and come on in. Uh, I'd love for them to use the library. It's a retreat place for anybody that wants to study to prepare for their Sunday school lesson or their sermon. When I go in there, 
there are pastors I see in there. They're getting their sermon ready. They're not, they're not even students. They're just using it. That's a resource for the kingdom here in the Bay Area. It's a great blessing for the Bay Area community. We appreciate that. Uh, if you want to explore many of the educational options available to you, whether, again, it's just a matter of enhancing maybe some of your baseline knowledge because you just want to go a little deeper in your understanding of God's Word, maybe you feel called into full-time ministry. And this is a place where you can really um, get that degree that will give you the tools that you need for, well, whether your ministry and vocation is going to be here locally or you finish your time of study and then move into some other part of the country or maybe be called to another part of the world, you'll find many educational resources available to you through Gateway Seminary. Information available on the web, it's easy, gs.edu. That's gs, think Gateway Seminary, gs. Dot edu. Dr. Rick Nurse, we appreciate you dropping by. Thank you so Good much. Good to see you Ray. again, brother. All right. Good to meet you as well. We're going to take a time out. Let's get you updated on some traffic here, 16 after the hour. We'll find out what's going on and your way over to the Bass Convention or wherever you might be headed on this Friday evening. The latest right now with Michael Bennett in the KFAX Traffic Center. Michael? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation. 620 here on the broadcast. We continue on our live coverage from the 56th Annual Bass Church Workers Convention here at Redwood Chapel in Castro Valley. Uh, tonight, of course, there's going to be another keynote address at 7 p.m. Dr. David Whitaker, who is, of course, the executive director of Next Gen Ministries. Uh, he's actually coming in as a oh somebody's doing Morris code behind us <laughs> he's coming in as the the new leader of the conservative baptists all across the country and there's some exciting things going on and they're really getting involved in grassroots ministry at an entirely new level so tonight if you're available you won't want to miss uh, his keynote address that'll be at seven o'clock this evening and then tomorrow the keynoter will be in the morning 9 30 a.m he was with us a couple of days ago dr david ekman president of bwgi ministries and uh, we heard about their comprehensive new discipleship training program that has been so successful here in the states that they're actually using it right now in China. And he's got some great insights to talk with you about in relationship to the church's responsibility for effective discipleship. And uh, again, that'll be taking place tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Complete details available on the web at BassConvention.org. That's BassConvention.org. I happened to mention earlier in a broadcast here that um, the importance of children ministry shouldn't be taken lightly that so oftentimes it's kind of well we've got the adult class we need to do this we need to do that oh and don't forget to do something for the kids this is not though a matter of just keeping the kids entertained in fact there is a frightening new statistic out and we've seen a lot of this supported even by the work of george barna that the older a child is the diminishing ability or, or likelihood that they will make a commitment to christ and say stay commitment to christ throughout their life exponentially decreases. What does that mean for the church? That means that the sooner you reach them, the sooner you disciple them, 
the greater the likelihood is that they will carry their faith on for all of their adult life. Joining me now is a gentleman who's an expert in the arena of teacher training, children's ministry, been involved in it for more than two decades. Mm-hmm. Brent Randall. Brent, good to have you with us. I'm glad to be with you here. Is it true that, as I suggest, sometimes children's ministry is almost sort of an afterthought? Well, we got to keep them entertained. Oh, so let's do something to keep the kids entertained. We really re- recognize or, or mm-hmm. fail to recognize the real important point that we have here, and that is the sooner you reach them for the Lord, mm-hmm. the more likely they're going to stay with Christ for their entire adult life. It's my contention that children's ministry is an absolute priority of the church, and, and senior pastors across the land, some of them have caught on to that and have realized that and have made children's ministry a very vital part of the church. Unfortunately, we walk into a lot of our churches, and we and it's exactly as you described. Uh, children's ministry is an afterthought. The kids are given the leftovers. Let's just let's toss them in the side room and just show them a video, you know. And uh, it's it's our job as parents and as as church leaders to build the foundation. Everything you said about the Barna research is absolutely right, and it is our job to build a godly biblical foundation in our kids at an early early age. Um, I'm currently reading a book by Ken Ham that is just preaching me under the pew, and it's called Already Gone, and he's giving all of the, all, all, already gone, meaning the kids in our churches, by the time they hit high school, they are already gone. They are going to leave their faith. And, and you know, the challenging thing is that, you, just tying into that, you think of the notion that two or three generations ago, most in most cases, with most people, you began with the premise that people accepted that God existed. Mm-hmm. They didn't know him personally. Mm-hmm. They weren't quite sure where he existed or how, but they knew that, that God or a, a greater power in terms of things like intelligent design, speaking mm-hmm. of Ken Ham, mm-hmm. uh, th- that, that God existed in that arena. And so it was a matter then of introducing an individual to the God creator of the universe, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. talking about the separation between God and man because of our sin nature, right. and Christ's work on the cross in order to, to um, provide the, the means, the bridge by which we might be saved and therefore reunited in relationship. Mm-hmm. That was just a couple of generations ago. Today, right. you approach most young people, mm-hmm. and more and more are not only identifying as having no faith at all, but no belief in even the existence of God, let alone mm-hmm. having a knowledge of Him. Mm-hmm. Well, and 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 you mentioned Ken a minute ago, as I did, and and his his thesis is that uh, we lose it by not teaching the book. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Yes, it is. Okay, we are back. And I apologize. I was just explaining to uh, Brent here, we've been having some technical problems with our connection back to the station this afternoon, which adds is a, it kind of spices things up. Exactly. Uh, uh, and I apologize for the interruption, Brent. You were talking just before the break about Ken Ham's perspective that if we're losing these kids because we're not even teaching them Genesis at an early age, mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 right. it, it, we're really almost, almost in a sense surrendering them. It's not just right. losing them, we're surrendering them, we're giving exactly. them up. Well, and, and the point being, and I'll get back to that, I'll finish the point, is that is that when the kids get into junior high, high school, they start hearing these these terms about the, the billions and billions of years old that the, that the earth is. Well, then that causes the kids to question, well, wait, Genesis said this. And so if they question Genesis, Ken's thesis is, they question the whole thing, and that's where they lose their faith. So they really so. need to have an early foundation of truth. And it sounds Absolutely. like you're suggesting that as much as we put top-level effort mm-hmm. into the Sunday morning worship experience, right. 
we need to sit down and rethink this because mm-hmm. if we expect the church to survive, and I know when I say that, some people get very nervous and say, Craig, now, you know, you're, you're going to meddling here, but we also know as much as Scripture talks about a great harvest, Scripture also warns us of a great falling away mm-hmm. in the end times. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to pretend to suggest that I know where we're at on the time continuum. Right. I just know that we're a day closer today than we were yesterday. Exactly. And if you read the headline news, we need to get serious mm-hmm. because we're about to lose an entire generation right. of young people. When I read the Gospels, when you read when you read about Jesus and kids, you don't see very many pictures of Jesus w- with kids. But when you do see Jesus with children, if you listen to his heart, you realize how much children were a priority to him. You know, he said, he said, hey, before you offend one of these, here's what you ought to do first. You know, take a millstone, hang it around your neck. Put yourself in the bottom of the lake before you offend a child. He said that because children were a priority to him. He didn't say that about any other group of people. He said it about kids. So that really gives us a sense of tremendous, not only priority, but gravitas when it comes to children's ministry. Absolutely. And as we think and rethink children's ministry in the 21st century, um, you've done some workshops here. Do you have mm-hmm. some more coming up tomorrow? I have two tomorrow. I have one tomorrow morning. I have a, kind of a fun workshop I wrote called the my uh, top pet peeves in children's ministry, things that bother me that I've seen in children's ministry over the years. It's kind of a fun workshop. Some observations of do's and don'ts. Exactly. And then later on in the afternoon, I have a session on how to use games in children's ministry and how to not use games in children's ministry. I've I've been in a lot of classrooms, children's churches, where games were really mishandled and, and teachers really missed the mark on how they can use a game as a tool to teach kids. And so we're going to talk about that. So tomorrow. a lot of what you're doing, Brent, is you're essentially taking your more than 20 years of experience mm-hmm. and sharing best practices right. and a few practices to avoid. Absolutely. <laughs> so don't let this happen to you exactly. when it comes to children's ministry. Well, and, and the bottom line is this. I, I've been in a lot of churches where every church in America has passionate people working in children's ministry. They, they love kids, but they don't necessarily know what to do and how to operate in a Sunday school class. And and as the the time passes and the, the way kids react and the influence of things like you know technology and the Internet and so forth, mm-hmm. even what we knew 10 or 15 years ago right. in terms of best practices is changing so rapidly. You really need to make the effort to stay on top of this and get ahead of the curve. That is exactly right. You have to stay current with what kids are into, which is tough for, for people of an older age. That's true, but the good <laughs> news is there are resources like you exactly. to help share those insights and uh, brent again will right. be doing it workshops again tomorrow here at the bass convention you can go mm-hmm. online to bassconvention.org to get more information tell us about your website my website brentrandall.com it's a list of uh, it's kind of my schedule and then a list of uh, all the workshops that i do bring uh, i travel across the country to churches uh, and usually my favorite weekend is to do a saturday all-day teacher training seminar at a church and then uh, on Sunday morning preach to the congregation about the importance of kids in their own church. All right, some good stuff. So uh, people eavesdropping on our conversation say, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know what? We need to kind of get some fine-tuning done here in our own local ministry. They can contact you. More resources, too, available at the website. Again, Brent Randall with two L's, R-I-N-D-A-L-L, Brent Randall. Mm-hmm. Well, Brent, we appreciate you dropping by and sharing today. Thank you so much for the time. God bless. All right. We'll take a time out for you. 632, a look at traffic right now from KFAX's Traffic Center and Michael Bennett. Michael.
And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, we are back, 635. Our live broadcast from the Bass Convention continues. This is oftentimes an exercise in what it means to be instant in season and out of season. And I mention that because if you had maybe no particular plans for this evening or tomorrow, and you've been hearing the variety of guest speakers that we've talked to and worship, uh, workshop leaders related to what's happening here at the Bass Convention and how you can become better equipped in what it is that God has called you to, or perhaps find your calling within the church, best place to find it right here at Bass. You'll find a whole list of folks that are here teaching workshops and seminars to walk you through best practices and, most importantly, how to maximize the effectiveness of your local ministry. So check it out online and again, be that instant in season and out of season and uh, gear up to be a part of this Bass Convention. Details available on the web at bassconvention.org. That's bassconvention.org. The church, I think, if we distilled it down, has two fundamental missions in front of it. One, of course, is to go out into all the world and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then secondarily, once having successfully done so, to engage in discipleships, that we train up um, young believers who become mature believers, who then share their faith, and they repeat the process. But I want to spend a moment kind of walking back for a moment in the arena of evangelism and what the church can do to be more effective in outreach. Sometimes there's a sense that we hang out a shingle and they will come. But I think my next guest is going to suggest that's not always necessarily the most effective means at evangelism. Alan Manning joins us with Evangelism Academy, and, and, and Alan, this idea, well, just, you know, build it and they shall come. Uh, and yet the Bible says to go out into the highways and byways and compel, compel them. them to come in. So it that's seems right. to be a very different perspective. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's worth looking at, as a church, do we do evangelism the way that the Bible commands us to? Um, because it's great to invite people into the church, uh, but it does tell us to go out and compel them to come in. Um, the Bible is very clear. Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And yet we look out and Barna's statistics say 97% of Christians aren't doing that. They're not sharing their faith. So what Evangelism Academy is about is helping equip believers. Um, it's a 16-week training course, so consider it like a boot camp. Uh, to go out and effectively share their faith so they're less uh, apprehensive, there's less fear around it, and they say, okay, I can do this. And, and you know, when you think of it, and I, and I love the imagery of being fishers of men, um, if you went by the local lake and you saw a fisherman sitting there, uh, no pole in hand, just sitting at the end of the lake, uh, you would think he was sunning himself. Right. And you might say, hey, what are you doing here? Well, I'm here fishing. Well, wait a minute. Where's your pole? Where's your bait? How do you accept, expect to attract any fish? Well, I just thought they'd jump out of the water and come to me. <laughs> now, any fisherman listening saying, Craig, that's absurd. That's ridiculous. And yet, and yet sometimes we think that's the way it is within the church, that somehow people are just going to come and approach us or volunteer. I, I Rarely in my life I've had people say to me, hey, if you're going to church on Sunday, can I come with you? Right. You've got to share something with them yes. that gives them a compelling reason to say, gee, I think I'd like to find out more about this Jesus. Well, and most people, you know, they feel that they're not even going to put their line in the water until they're a skilled angler of some kind. But you're not going to get that skill without practice. You know, and so I tell people, you know, even if all you've got is the little Mickey Mouse fishing pole and a lure, get your line in the water. Go be obedient to the Great Commission and, uh, you know, 
God will bring the harvest. Is there a, a dual track here, two perspectives? One is the sense of lifestyle evangelism, I'll call it. By that I mean that you live your life in such a fashion that you love God, serve God, and you allow the Lord to be glorified in your life in such a fashion. People say, there's something different about you. Right. You don't get mad at the plant when everybody else gets angry and swears and everything. You just kind of maintain your, your calm, cool, collect uh, style here. What is it that's different about you? So that sense that you are acting like a called out one. Right. Therefore, lifestyle evangelism. And then the second track, and that is more engaging evangelism, more um, purposeful evangelism. I'd encourage anybody to start the book of Acts and read through looking for evangelism and say, how did the early church do it? Did any of them do it in a passive manner? Um, because I, I endorse the idea of lifestyle evangelism or what I'll call a friendship evangelism. It's a good thing. And right, every pastor at every church tells their people, just go out and let your light shine. You know, live a certain way. And people ask you, what's different about you? Right. And so that's far better than being what I'd call a secret agent. Yeah, closet Christian. Right. Yeah. right. And one of the workshops that we did just today, uh, we called it three evangelism personalities. And one of them had to do with being a secret agent, really not sharing your faith. And people couldn't even identify you as a Christian if they asked. And another one was friendship evangelism, where you engage people, build relationships over time, um, which is biblical. Uh, and then the other one I called Keruso evangelism. Keruso is the Greek word having to do with preaching, with proclaiming the gospel. And I would make the case that the passive one isn't, it's better than nothing. Um, but I lived 20 something years as a Christian, as a born again believer who tried to let my sh light shine. Nobody ran up to me and said, how can I get to know this Jesus guy? Well, and you can oftentimes tell this if you get up on a church on a Sunday morning and ask everybody to close their eyes and then raise your hand if you've ever led somebody <laughs> to Christ yeah. and see how many hands don't go up and how many others peek to look around the room because right. they suspect that maybe the rest of the congregation is going to be just like them. What you're suggesting then, Alan, is this is not an either or, but a both and. Well, yeah, I definitely think people should engage in friendship or evangelism, build connected uh, Let your life still shine amongst men. Absolutely. Even in an intentional way that says, you know what, I'm going to work on this relationship and build it. At some point, maybe crisis comes and they say, hey, tell me more about this faith of yours, right? Um, but then also actively going out on the highways and byways. Why do we miss the mark here? And I ask that question because the Mormons are effective at it. The Jehovah's Witnesses, the Scientology group. Were you in my workshop? Uh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> they, they're all effective about it, and, and they're not embarrassed by it. And here they are putting themselves out to believe in a lie, and yet we as believers who know the very creator of the universe want to keep it to ourselves. They, we, we want to keep yeah. it a secret. Well, so one of the things that we have this result is because all of those faiths that you just mentioned are works-oriented. Right, and so people feel I have to go punch the clock and do these certain sure. things in order to get the approval of my Creator. You know, us as born again believers in the true and living God, we know that He He doesn't accept us because of anything that we've done, but because of what He's done. And therefore, sometimes we're passive and too comfortable. We say, "Hey, I know I'm saved." You know, hope everybody else finds it. And maybe a reflection on the coolness of our relationship with Him, because if we were really on fire and in love and really fully understood 
the totality, the fullness of our relationship with Christ and what he's done for us, this will be a secret very difficult to keep. Right. Uh, just keep saying that on the radio over and over again until they get it. Um, because I agree entirely. And it kind of drives me nuts because I'll see the Jehovah's Witnesses out there faithfully doing their thing. And actually, they only call somebody a Jehovah's They only count them on the rolls if they're what they call an active publisher, a person who is consistently doing so many hours of their evangelism. Um, Imagine in the Christian, you know, the Christian church at large, born-again believers, if we only counted numbers of people who share their faith. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that would be crazy, yeah, right? Um, and yet, here, you know, you got all these other groups that you've named. They don't have the truth. They don't have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And they're doing it just because they feel they need to be obedient. How much more should we be obedient? Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I tell you to do? A lot of this comes back to equipping. A lot of it comes back to perhaps failures in a young person or a person young in their faith not having been properly discipled in not only what it means to be a Christian, your relationship with the Lord, how to read and apply the Word, but then how to share your faith. But that said, it's never too late. And right. some of the workshops that you've done here focus on this very thing. What does it mean to openly share your faith? What does it mean to engage in active evangelism? And if you haven't been doing it, you know, remember that the, the book of Romans says there's therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. And don't condemn yourself and don't beat yourself up and say, I haven't been obedient to the Great Commission. Instead, today is the day. Today is the day you can go for it. Um, and if you don't feel equipped... There's two things I'd say to you. One, look at what Luke chapter 12 says. It says that God will give you the words in that moment that you need them. And then also, number two, I'd say there are um, tools out there with which you can equip yourself better. There's Evangelism Academy. Um, there's also lots of other ministries out there meant to equip the saints. And, of course, you can come in and not only help individuals, but an entire church that says, hey, we really need to learn how to do this evangelism thing better. Yes, yeah. Uh, because we're really falling short of the calling that, that God has, has, has led us to right. and being effective in reaching our community. And we do that by sharing the good news of the gospel. Uh, any more workshops that you'll be conducting coming up tomorrow? Um, I had three today. I don't have any scheduled for tomorrow. Um, I, I don't know if you're allowed to give out any contact information. I'm just going to ask you, folks listening say, you know what? Boy, he's made a good point. And yeah, our entire congregation could go to school on this. Amen. How can they reach you? Okay, so um, what I've done so far, because we had a website set up with the we were doing the ministry before and we took it down. Uh, for right now, if you go on Facebook and you look up Evangelism Academy, we'll publish new things that we're doing there. So next time we roll out uh, the new uh, 2019 curriculum that will come out in a few months, it'll be there. If you're a pastor, you know, shoot me a message in there if you want your church involved. Um, but I'd say if you are a pastor and you're listening, you know, ask, has this been a focus? Has the Great Commission been a focus of your church? And if it hasn't or if you want it to be, you know, reach out. And um, give my phone number, too, if Please you guys do. want. Yeah, um, that's uh, area code 916-509-2995. And uh, I'd love to connect with anybody and uh, help equip the church in any way that I can. Uh, my mission right now is to get everybody on mission. We are approximately 30 days, 38 days away from Easter. Typically, we look at Easter as one of the high points Super on the church Sunday. calendar to yep. get out there and, and, and boldly share our faith and talk about the resurrected Christ. Uh, maybe get ahead of the curve 
and uh, begin incorporating what it means to actively engage in evangelism in your life, in your ministry, in your church today. Information available again on Facebook at Evangelism Academy. That's Evangelism Academy. Or you can contact Alan Manning directly at area code 916-509-2995. Alan, appreciate you dropping by Thank and sharing today. Thank you so today. much. Thanks we'll take a time out. 6.48, a wrap up on traffic here. We head back over to the KFAX Traffic Center one final time. And here is Michael Bennett. <laughs> And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, we're back into the home stretch here tonight. Our final segment from the day number two of the 56th Annual Bass Church Workers Convention and, of course, hosted every year here at Redwood Chapel in Castro Valley. Joining me right now is the lead chapter, in English, the lead pastor of Redwood Chapel and the... Um, Shall we say the Grand Poobah? You want convention? to say the General Chairman uh, the General is what you chairman, want to say, not our, the Grand Poobah. Yeah, that's please. where I was going. <laughs> the General Chairman of the Bass Convention. I'm Pastor uh, Poobah, thank you. <laughs> Pastor Jeff Miller. And uh, I know you're running up against the 7 o'clock general session tonight, but yeah. for folks eavesdropping, they've been hearing a lot of goodies from many of the, the workshop presenters throughout oh, the great, day good. and really getting a sense of the meat and potatoes that's available here. Walk us through what folks can experience tomorrow on the third and final day. Absolutely. Tomorrow is more of the same. It's going to be a great day. So we kick off with a workshop early in the morning at 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock until 9.15, and then we have one more general session. Dr. David Ekman will be here tomorrow morning. He's got a great message planned about dealing with our heart and our affections and how the Lord wants to capture our heart and help us to understand what it looks like to be loved by him in a, in a true and authentic way. And then we have workshops throughout the rest of the day as well that conclude, I believe, at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's a full day of workshops tomorrow, one more general session. Our exhibitors will be open. The doors will be open. The hamburgers will be being made. It's going to be a great day, so come on down. And it uh, looks like some good weather in store as well. So I hope so. Encouraging. It's we're, been we're, a great day today. We're, we're certainly praying that that continues. We've been talking a lot about encouraging churches to come in mass and the fact that an entire church, whether they're 10 people or, or 1,000 people, could come for just $250. Yeah. But for folks that say, gee, it's kind of too late for my church to get involved now, you're coming up on day number three, can individuals come that either want to hone their skills in their current ministry or get a sense of what ministry looks like maybe they're not quite sure oh absolutely yeah and, and if you are a church that still has not registered you can do that and you can still bring people and get a lot of value out of the seven workshops that are tomorrow and the uh, general session as well so whether you are an individual or you're coming with a group of people come on down and uh, work with our registration team we'll get you set up we'll get you connected we'll get you into a room it just takes a couple of minutes and we'd love to have you and host you throughout the day tomorrow and an opportunity to also rub shoulders with everyone else that's here you've got every age range every level of experience in ministry from every culture and every part of the bay area right. so you get a chance to learn from others and strike up conversations and sort of get a sense of what's going on what's working and how can we improve what we're doing in our own local church to increase the effectiveness of where God has planted us. I think you're right. I think some of the best workshop, quote-unquote workshop, can happen 
in the cafeteria area when people are sitting down having a meal together and just telling stories and praying with one another and encouraging one another. So, yes, it doesn't happen to happen in the classroom. It can happen around the campus just in having good conversation with people, as you said, rubbing shoulders with people, meeting new friends, and making connections. The uh, conference, again, will wrap up tomorrow, and uh, you've got that general session at 9.30 a.m. with Dr. David Ekman. That's right. And then, of course, workshops taking place throughout the day. Yep, it's going to be a great day. Folks can register either here in person or go online right now to BassConvention.org to find out more. Yeah, you do all your registration online. You come down. Your name will be in the computer. You just walk through the doors, get a name tag, and you'll be good to go. Good stuff. Pastor Jeff Miller, I know you're coming up on the 7 uh, o'clock session here, so we're going to let Pastor Jeff go so he can uh, get prepared for that. We're going to kind of begin to wind down our broadcast tonight. And I want to reiterate what Pastor Jeff mentioned just a moment ago, and that, that sense that oftentimes people come here, they're really not sure exactly what it is that they're looking for. Maybe they've not been engaged in ministry within their local church, but they're really trying to find a sense of purpose. Uh, it's always amazing to me, folks that I will run into that will say, you know, Craig, you're lucky. You're, you're doing Christian radio and you found your calling. I want to do something for the Lord, but I'm not sure what that is. I'm really not certain what my skill or, or talent area might be, where I can best uh, invest those skills or talents into the kingdom. Where do I start? Well, the Bass Convention is an excellent place to do it because it gives you a very broad overview of every imaginable type of ministry. So whether you're talking about ministry to individuals suffering from Alzheimer's, which is going to be one of the workshops taking place tomorrow, maybe ministry for the disabled community, Johnny and friends, and talking about how you can work programs into your local church to invite um, those within your area of influence, the the, the area, the, the community where you're based, uh, to, to provide hope and encouragement and ministry to disabled individuals, their caregivers and family members. Maybe you're looking to expand your cultural ministry. The changing face of your neighborhood means that there's different folks there. How do you better minister to their unique cultural needs and understandings. Uh, it, the list just seemingly goes on and on and on. Dozens of workshops available, and it will run all day tomorrow. So again, I want to remind you, you can get information on the web by simply going to BassConvention.org. That's BassConvention.org and signing up, and then you can uh, simply come on in and enjoy the workshops and that keynote speaker tomorrow morning, again at 9.30 a.m., Dr. David Ekman, who's going to talk about a a wonderful new series that they've come up with for more effective discipleship training within the local church, tools that are being utilized even in places like communist China to a very effective degree. And again, that keynote will be tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Well, we're just about coming up on the uh, 7 o'clock hour here. We're going to kind of wind it down, get ready to bring it on home, as they say. And uh, so with that, I'd like to uh, thank our engineer back at the station, Joel Rivera, who's dealt with a lot of craziness tonight with all of these uh, connection interruptions. Joel, we appreciate you. Mike Matthews, our engineer here on site. Wanda Cornelius, our promotions director. Wanda Sanchez, my producer. And a cast of thousands, just entirely too many to mention here. That's going to do it for this Friday edition of Lifeline. Again, as always, we remind you, don't just keep the faith. Get on out there and share it and make it a great Friday evening. Till next time, so long.
Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time round, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.